<clears throat> after I hit Command K. Oh, okay. I want this on record. I'm putting it on record. <laughs> Let's do 25. Well, uh, I'm starting every episode with like a just yeah. a deep exhale and then maybe a living in America. <laughs> That's our new intro music. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that. This this podcast is brought to you by the generous financial support from viewers like you. Living in America. <laughs> uh. Play some of that sweet, sweet uh, PBS music. Mm. I've got. <clears throat> That's that's the long that's the long WGBH you know, I, one. I I had somebody the other day, uh, who saw the, our podcast show note or like our our episode work artwork, you know, like the the playlist artwork, whatever it's called, and like the cover art, and they were mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that looks like Letterbox," and I just so mad because yeah, us in Letterbox the server, we stole from the same place, and I right. and. You need to recognize it that this is from the P- the old PBS ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. This is PBS. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like this, the one with the little heads and like that's where we got the colors yeah. and the layout right. from. I mean, very old got, style PBS. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway. In o- in other news. <laughs> in other news, we're the Dry Boys. We were discussing neither of us is properly humidified. Yeah. No, we're the dry. We're not boys. moisturized. We're not humidified. No, we're because just well, skin we started, flaking off of us terribly. We had a hard time getting this 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 uh, recording going because I I stood up to go take a, a little a little wee a little mm-hmm. wee as we call it here a little waz and, uh, yeah <laughs> waz. I went to uh, as my dad used to say, water the lizard. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't even make any sense. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. And the more you think about it, the less sense it makes and the funnier it gets. <laughs> so I was getting up to water the lizard and... <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. I'm Hill Hauser, and here I am watering my lizard. Oh, could, it, could you wow. say? Uh, would you say that it must have been a torrent of water? <laughs> yeah, I had to really had to go, and when I stood up, I Here caused a. I issued forth from my person such a shock of static electricity that mm-hmm. uh, it turned off my monitor and convinced my monitor that it no longer receives any video signal. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I did. I did a lot of restarting and turning things off and on again and cursing in it. Did you have it to like plug and up. unplug and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, but then I was bringing that up and I was like, "Is that normal?" Because every time I move, like at my and office, yet- I have a habit of touching the file cabinet before I touch any of the electronics I'm working on because I know I'll exude a, a shock, and and it always happens. And I'm always touching metal things to like release the charged static from my body i was like that's not normal right and you're like well i don't well, know me too <laughs> but and yet the linux tech, t- tech tips guy did a video about how actually like it's really hard to you know hurt your computer with static stuff yeah. so what what gives is my is yeah. the question you know i don't know i don't i just we i just do don't like a the idea of shocking the things i'm trying to work on you know like yeah but like it must be because we're dry that's the conclusion yeah, we're very dry. Which is mm-hmm. actually something to brag about. We're like the mm-hmm. driest boys you'll ever meet. Um, yeah, certainly. Yeah, driest in the I'm, state. I'm changing my my all my dating profiles. You know, the, all those dry, dating profiles I have. Extremely dry. I'm just gonna be like, I'm the driest man you'll ever meet. <laughs> you don't have you'll to f- worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll find no one drier. Yeah. I need like the opposite of the pony song. What is the opposite sound of the pony song sound? Oh, like jeez, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Somebody tell us. Is it just? <laughs> yeah, or yeah. May- maybe better than anybody else. What? <laughs> oh, I hate that Roblox kid. 
He's but he does trouble. mean that entitled to... to a beautiful new blue passport. Blue. Jimmy from <laughs> Jimmy, I think I think Boris Johnson is a dry boy as well. Konnichiwa. No. Don't yeah. say that. He's got to be so moist. You can tell he's no, moist. No, that's true. That's, you're, that's you fair. You know yeah. he's hydrated. See, that's the other thing. We're never... I will well, never thing. get hydrated. I think British people Stop are weird in that... Stop telling me to that, hydrate. I think that's the thing is that British people are weird in that the sort of people we would normally assume are moist or wet in, like, America, those people are very dry over in Britain. Well, they're almost, like, steamy. Reason. They're not... I think you it's know the what malt I mean? vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> All of the malt vinegar and the jellied eels, I mm. would say. And they did dumps. They call them dumps, big, massive dumps. Anyway. Well, this one's off to a great start. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. I, I've always, um, have you ever thought about getting a tattoo? Uh, personally, no, I, I have not. No. Yeah, nope. I've never, I've never really thought, I, I've always felt like I'm not the type of person to like make that yeah, sort of not, commitment. My skin's too dry, you know? That well, that there's Listen, that for you. <laughs> like, how do you? How would you tattoo a sand dune? Such right. would be tattooing my arm. How would you tattoo uh, a piece of limestone? Some slate, you know, <laughs> steamed hams. Right. I'm the only. Listen, I'm so dry that I'm like one of ten white boys who get ashy. Okay, mm-hmm. that's how dry I am. Mm-hmm. It makes me whiter. It's bad. But I was thinking about it the other day, and I realized there's one thing that I would and I might tattoo myself with mm-hmm. because it's something I know I believe in so strongly. My opinion would never change on it. And it's so important to me that I would want the coroner looking upon my dead corpse to see this message. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to put it on my person. And it is. ISO eight six zero one. So not not the date format that that no. that that standard specifies, but instead th- that that sequence of letters and numbers. Yes, yes. <laughs> so it is a standard for date and time format, yeah. and it is the correct standard for the date and time format, mm-hmm. and it is four four. Uh, numeral year dash two numeral month dash two numeral day. It is year 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 dash month month dash day day. All right. Mm-hmm. And I will not mm-hmm. hear any arguments to the contrary mm-hmm. because the thing about it isn't. I guess if you live in a country that doesn't that uses a language that reads right to left, maybe it's different. But in here. Uh, right. So over here, living in America, <laughs> it's you read in English from left to right. Your computer software and things are gonna like read from left to right in or, when you sort things, right? So mm-hmm. you want to sort by date, you like that. I mean, I don't know. It's just that's important to me. So um, mm-hmm. if anybody wants to like start a fund, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds painful too, though. Where yeah. would I get it? Would I get it on my forehead? That's a bit too much. No, that's I think a little much, to, especially like, to start uh, with. Yeah, like like on my on my arm, underside of my arm. Get Maybe it tattooed like my, on your lip, you know, like behind under your, my lip. Yeah, I've seen people. <laughs> I don't get like that because it makes it makes me feel like a horse. Um, sure, right? Especially that's if you're how trying they, to show it to people. Yeah, yeah. You feel? I don't want to feel like a horse. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take ivermectin. I don't want to <laughs> listen. My rule I'm is simple. Gonna, I don't want I'm, to feel like a horse. I'm not going to let people <laughs> nail metal shoes into my feet. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, I'm not. Gonna I refuse wear a to be saddle. turned into glue. I'm not wearing a saddle. <laughs> and I will not uh, be hand-fed apples <laughs> or sugar cubes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say nay to it all. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I like. It. Moving on, I think we've milked about all of, all that we can. Speaking of horse milk, do you know that um that that uh, Mongolian people uh, ferment horse milk 
and they drink it. No, I did not. Know I learned. That. I learned that with a Mongolian roommate who um, was keeping a thing of milk on top of the fridge that we didn't realize until it, we started to smell the milk, and and he was disappointed because it didn't. Ta- cow's milk didn't. It didn't work the same. It didn't taste. No, the same as it the doesn't. Sour, it doesn't really milk. ferment so much as it just goes very b- bad. And yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, fun factoid for my life. Hey, Andrew, what have you been up to? I've been thinking um, about tattoos. What have you been thinking about? I've been thinking about networking stuff. Um, I installed new networking gear. I'm now a prosumer. Uh, oh uh, my gosh. I now have, um, you, you know, the Unify line of products. I was confused that you were going to, that you were a prosumer. Yeah. Well, I am prosumer. Big fan of Hammurabi <laughs> and his code. Um, yeah, and uh, writing on writing clay tablets, cuneiform, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but I'm also prosumer networking now. Um, the the TP Link company has their Omada series, which is rather like the Unify system of mm. devices. So yeah, it's a uh, because I was having some trouble with my previous networking setup. It liked to, um, I guess, overheat. It's not clear exactly what it would do, but it would get very hot, and then the land ports would stop you know working. it's just the way you use i mean our people you know but by, by our people i mean you and me we use every part of the 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 internet wow. well this is the it's thing right down to an inch like we're we're maximizing the internet and i don't think yeah. a lot of consumer products can handle it well and they, you purchase an eero and it comes with two two ethernet ports one of which is for the modem right and then the other one is for all of the land so I had every single, you know, wired device in my house, which is a lot of them because this is this place is wired for Ethernet. So I've been plugging things in where I can is going into one LAN port on that. So thing. you're you're in bottleneck land. Well, yes. And also, you know, it's only got one LAN. It's got one transceiver. And also, um, I don't know if you've looked at an Eero device, but they don't really have holes for ventilation at all. So seems like a problem. Yeah, so it would it would sh- the land would quit working like everything wired would drop off, and then I would go and pick it up, and the bottom of the ear would be quite hot. So I'm starting That's... to think that I'm starting to think that making your devices aesthetically pleasing is is not the best idea, which is why I like the TP Link stuff because it's all in like you know little metal rectangles like you expect networking devices to be in. So this so when you mentioned this to me, I was just like. I was just sitting there and I was vibing with everything you were saying. I was just like, yes, yes, because like uh, this is something I've been uh, a kick I've been on for a long time that like the prosumer stuff, like the things that are more like the commercial version Mm -hmm. are just like so much better. They're built to last. Yeah. Like I try to get most of my kitchen stuff like I try to get stuff that is either what you would get in a professional kitchen or an imitation thereof. You know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. because it's like the people who use this stuff every day need something better. And so you get something better. Um, right. And I, I just like, why is why aren't most things like that? Mm-hmm. You know, like. Well, and I like this, too, because like now my wireless, uh, you know, access point is separate from the router and all that stuff. So right. when it comes time to upgrade that, I don't have to. All I have to do is like unplug and plug in a new thing. And yeah, you just, just need a, work. New a-, a new AP. Yeah, and I don't have to like change settings or copy settings or whatever, you know. I don't yeah. know. Uh, you know, I think about it now. I think about like we used to have the routers that had you know like the single antenna sticking out of it. It's like it's a wonder that those even worked very well, you know, at Seriously. all. Seriously, they didn't work very well. No, <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty bad. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I think I wonder if there's any more. This is what I'm. I'm putting a call out to our our listeners and our fans and our haters. Like, is there is there any more? uh sectors of of product where like you're a sucker if you're just going with the consumer version like you really mm-hmm. need to become a prosumer you really need to get that like more professional commercial version well of, of, of course apple would like for you to buy the iphone pro if you're a professional of course that's but. right well that's why i have the iphone uh because i'm right. a professional i'm very excited about the iphone 13 so that i can start making a uh, cheesy ripoffs of knives out is what yeah. I'm understanding mm-hmm. that phone is mostly right. for. It's gonna listen. It's gonna invent a whole new genre of cinema. I don't know what <laughs> genre that it's going to be, but Catherine Bigelow said it. So it's gonna be a genre of sim- cinema that's like just slightly worse than yeah. other cinema. Un- unwatchable, just, but just slightly. 
I don't, I don't, I'm not, I like, I was very, I like, like that the change meh. they made for the iPhone 13, the regular was like, oh, we moved the camera so that they're diagonal now. That way people can tell you of the new one. Because yeah. if, if they hadn't done that, it would have looked exactly the same as the old one. And it's very so. important that everyone know you have the new one. Because right. that's a flex that people really respond to. I know every time I'm out in the wild, like I stick my phone in my shirt pocket. So mm-hmm. it's like sticking out a little bit at the top and they see that Oh, camera, I just throw it directly go, in people's Whoa. faces. And everyone just goes, nice. Right. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I find I earn a lot of respect that way. Well, yeah. You've also ordered, you have here a frame, I don't know what this is, frame.work. So, yeah, frame.work. This is the framework um, computer company, laptop. Um, if you, so if you go to frame.work. I'm looking at it. And then you scroll down a bit. Uh, you've got the framework laptop DIY edition. And if you click learn more here. Um, this Look is a laptop this. that you put together yourself and is like designed to be repairable and upgradable. Um, there's wow. a good there's a good Linux te- tech tips video on this. Um, it's pretty neat. But yeah, so I bought this. Basically, it's coming to me without any um, SSD or RAM. I'm gonna get those myself because they're a little bit cheaper if I do it that way. Um, and then like the cool thing about it, if you scroll down even more, like it, this has high end specs or at least like mid range to high end, depending on how you want to spec it. It's got a three yeah. to two display, which we love. Um, mm-hmm. no 16 by nine. Um, but if you scroll down, it's got expansion cards, which is basically exploiting the fact that everything is just USB C now to make, um, dongles, but dongles that plug into the computer and don't hang off the side oh. of it. Uh, Apple did. Remember when Apple did this for a little while? It was like something similar. Yeah, Mm. it was. What was it? It was on the like. It was when I first started working in IT. We had some of these that had this like weird. Um, Mm. it's interesting. That's interesting. Anyway, you can mix and match the I.O. sort of as you please. I see those as a as a tech. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, man, there's so many things that could snag and screw these up. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but I think for personal use, that looks cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I like the. I like the philosophy behind this, namely that it is a computer that is explicitly designed to be repairable. Like everything yeah. inside the computer has a QR code that takes you to instructions about how yeah, to like replace it cool. or whatever. So as opposed to being, a, you know, like an Apple laptop where it's like first things first, you need to make sure you have the right kind of secret screwdriver. This thing yeah. includes the screwdriver and it's apparently the only screwdriver you need. Like wow. they only use one set of screws in the whole thing. It's so. pretty cool. I mean, the design of it, it. I mean, it just looks like a MacBook Pro, pretty much. Like, the, and it's also it's it's also not that expensive. <laughs> how much is it? Uh, I think the one I got, granted, without SSD oh. or RAM, is like eight hundred some dollars. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that's not too. It's bad. fine, especially yeah. for like a brand new thing. Right. That's and then, cool. Yeah, so well, I think I'm going to probably dual boot Windows and Linux on this because I can, you know. Yeah, that's the only thing for me. I'm just like, man, every time I have to use Windows, I just like I'm so annoyed. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. Right. But, like, if that's all you have access to or like what you use, that's fine. I just like, I don't know. The design, the, the material, the whatever, the UI design and stuff on Windows is just so garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I would throw it into the river. Yeah. Well, this is cool. Well, I can even change to... the faceplate, the the bezel of the. the yeah, the mag- you can change the like, magnet, magnet the keyboard attaching and bezel. stuff too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Color customizable. Yeah. Did you customize the color, or is it just like a stock thing? I I did not customize the color, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's something I could do in the future. Should I desire? I don't know why you'd want a bezel other than black, though. To be honest. Yeah. I mean, right. That's my feeling about it too, for sure. So. Yeah. Well, this is cool. Computers. Mm-hmm. Computers. Neat. Yep. I think they're here to stay. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I do have some complaints, so. <laughs> um, you I, also, so, you have, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I've been, you know, down in Columbus here for a couple months now. And one thing I noticed is that there's, um, quite a few more homeless folks who like stand on the side of the road with signs and such. Uh-huh. Uh, and I always feel bad when I see them for a couple reasons. One is that I never have any cash to like give them, so I feel bad. Um, yeah. But secondly, is like 
every time I see someone sitting on the side of the road with a sign, this is like, you know, homeless, anything helps or whatever. It makes me think about how our government just does nothing for nobody, basically. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're on your own. Right. Like we we definitely have the resources and the capacity to like help these people and like give them money and a place to sleep. But we just don't because our government's only concern is like adjudicating disputes about and protecting private property. Property. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a reminder. I don't know. It's just like I it's just every time I see it, it just reminds me of like this societal failure that that I am confronted with every time I I I was also thinking uh, um, this week and I was talking with a friend about, you know, the like different cultures, the way they look at the family um, mm-hmm. and how like, you know, we were talking about local sort of regional s- social things and political things. And like there's like a, you know, the more affluent areas in the Inland Empire tend to be like these conservative. They're like, you know. It's like the fascist and the the neolib shaking hands kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, like I watch Rachel Maddow, but I like hate homeless people kind of sector. of, And I right. don't believe in the vaccines like that sector of people. Um, mm-hmm. And like, it's funny because they're all like so like family, family. It's all about the family. We love our family. My family. They also a lot of them say family. If you notice, it's very mm. disconcerting. My family. Um, mm-hmm. and they, they like, and, and, and it was, I kind of started to realize like part of that is because that's the only social unit that has any sort of like cohesion in this society, <laughs> like <laughs> for people like that's like, that's the only people that a lot of people know that they can depend on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, who do you reach out to if you're like about to lose your home? Well, if you have like a really like big family who's sort of like enshrined in the community and has wealth and resources, then you like don't have to worry as much. It's like a huge safety net, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like we've got a million a billion little discrete safety nets that miss like most people. But like if you've got a strong family, you're good. And that's probably why a lot of those people think that like, oh well this is just the right way to be. Like <laughs> Right. Yeah. And that's why they're so rabidly obsessed about like the strength of the family because for them, the family is their government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the only thing that's ever given anything to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, res- you know, I, I sort of resent it because it's like it shouldn't be up to me and whoever else is getting off the highway to, like, you know, give this guy, you know, a couple bucks or whatever. Like, right. that shouldn't that shouldn't be my responsibility. We should have... <laughs> We have a government. It should be do. You know, there should be. Like agencies you're paying. And you're things. paying taxes to the government. What? Right. Why, why? Where's that going? Yeah. Right. It's like, what exactly are we doing here? If we can't, you know, I don't know. It's just like there's just so many folks out there, and we do. There was an interesting thing. At like, do you as listen a nation, to the government? Do you listen to the the potted cast overtired? I I don't know. I don't want to start like a podcast war here. Like. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Brett Terpster and Christina Warren. I'm fans of, of both of those pe- individuals. Um, the on the most recent episode, they kind of got into a, a and and Brett egging it on. It was very funny. Uh, uh, basically, argumenting capitalism or arguing capitalism versus socialism. He was on the side of socialism, and Christina Warren was sort of like being like, "I don't know. I don't like full capitalism. I don't like full socialism," and like. They were having this argument, and I've heard this argument between like normies, you know, several times where they're like debating. Well, you know, communism's also bad because of this, but capitalism's bad because of this. And what you need is like a balance, or you know, maybe it's democratic socialism. These are conversations you hear all the time, and I started to realize like any conversation about capitalism that doesn't start from the point of, in order for capitalism to exist, you have to have poverty. Mm-hmm. It is, it is like written into the code of capital. Like you can't do capitalism without poverty because mm-hmm. there's no coercion for people to sell their labor. <laughs> right. Like you, that you have to have the chance of people being being taken out of the workforce in order for for employers to make profit. Like it's baked into it, and anything that doesn't start from that is just like a dumb argument because like. 
most people, if you ask them, like, should there be poverty? Like, do you want there to be poverty? They're like, no. And it's like, well, this economic system demands it. Like, it has to happen. That doesn't seem right. And, you know, and a lot of people go, oh, yeah, no, that. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Or, you know, if they're like really wedded to the idea, they'll say something stupid like, uh, oh, well, you know, it, it just is what it is. It's just reality. That's just the way it is. And it's just a sad fact of it. And it's like, well, okay, then we can deal with it. <laughs> we can deal with that right. argument. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just something interesting that I. So, yeah, so many people thinking of the world as a thing that sort of happens to us rather than something we can affect, except that they also think that we can affect it. But only in like limited ways that yeah. serve their interests and all that. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it's very know. interesting. Yeah. People, people are. You know what? When it comes down to well, it, we should debate our plans. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and also, Aaron, I have to admit, I realized now I should have used the Trump routers clip when we were talking about the networking stuff. <laughs> oh, to produce the network routers we want the routers sonny wendy we got to get those routers that that was me at micro center the other day he was a he was really ahead of the curve when you think about yeah we got to get those routers yeah what people don't realize they think he was talking about like a voter fraud ever but actually he just wants every american to have um a prosumer router system speaking of routing mm-hmm. utilities Utilities. Uh, this is an article from Gizmodo. Utilities would like to speak to the manager about your tweets. Some of the most powerful energy companies in the U.S. have responded to mildly critical tweets by calling employers and asking users for edits. Um, wow. So this is the story of a couple different people. Um, someone who criticized uh, a recent decision by the Salt River Project, one of America's largest utilities. Um, someone at the utility, she said, complained to her employer. Um, <laughs> at the end of August, SRP announced it wanted to build 16 new gas units at one of its generating stations, um, adding a whopping 820 additional megawatts of fossil fuel power. SRP has also claimed the ba- gas power would help the utility meet its sustainable and renewable energy goals. <laughs> um, yeah, we just burn more fossil fuels that, and that helps for right. uh, reasons. <laughs> uh, so this person, Autumn Johnson, uh, basically started tweeting about this and saying that, you know, um, it's not a good idea. Um, says Johnson's tweet about SRP are pretty innocuous. Um, since the utilities announcement, she's tweeted questions about SRP's planning process and process and other alternatives it may have considered before deciding on such a large gas expansion, as well as comments about hoping for coal plant closures. Johnson isn't alone in her opposition in the new plant. One of the links she shared was a petition from the Sierra Club. SRP apparently took issue. Uh, Johnson said she was told the utility was upset. Her tweets were, quote, trashing SRP. Johnson said she was told her activity was, quote, potentially in conflict with her organization's social media policy. And she was, quote, being advised to tone it down. Oh, um, my gosh. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah. And wow. then 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 when Gizmodo asked SRP, they said they're not aware of any complaints made to an employer and they respect the individual's rights to free speech and welcome public comment. Um, then you have, uh, Keith Cooney, who's based in Portland, Oregon, was recently a rate payer advocate in Oregon. His job was to advocate for the rights of lower income customers at utility commissions meetings. Um, last fall, smaller utilities began to push for resuming service shutoffs for customers who couldn't pay their bills, even as the pandemic was still raging and winter was approaching. Um, Cooney brought up the fact that many of the utilities board members had ties to commercial and industrial businesses. At a meeting with the governor's policy advisor and representatives from Mid-State Electric, a private nonprofit utility, to discuss the shutoffs, um, the representatives kept saying, we're democratically elected, we're democratically elected. Uh, members of Mid-State Electric are allowed to vote on the board of directors. Um, uh, I said in the meeting, it's more like a banana republic. It was like I'd shot somebody. Um, and then he, so he went on to Twitter. Um, talking about this and then was told um, that the Mid-State Electric and the Oregon Rural Electric Cooperative Association had sent a letter to his employer stating they were unable to work with him anymore and asking for him to be fired. So when people talk about cancel culture, um, they're usually talking about nonsense. This is like the actual cancel culture, which is like a big utility company who's like mad that you tweeted that they're opening another gas plant and demands that your boss fire you. So this is this is why arguments about like especially like on the left where we build these like circular 
firing squads where we like argue incessantly about like whether some sort of action was like too far. We shouldn't have docked that person. We shouldn't have like, you know, gotten that like we can't do this mob mentality of, you know, punishing our enemies like because then what if they use it against us? Um, mm. well, they have been and they will be like, it's just like the whole idea that we should just like unilaterally disarm <laughs> against these swine is just like ridiculous. Uh, yeah, because they're going to do it to you. They're going to I mean, it's a it's obscene that they have this sort of like time and energy and money to put into like doing this antagonizing these small potatoes people. Like, yeah, and and it's going to get worse. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. And there's a there's another story in here of a woman uh, from Oregon who serves as the state's director for the nonprofit Climate Solutions. Um, A gas company uh, got mad at her tweets, asked her for me to meet for coffee, showed her prints out printouts of her tweets and was told that, um, you know, she's making light of safety. And they suggested um, some edits for the tweets, not realizing (laughs) that, of course, you can't edit tweets. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's just, dude. Um, imagine utilities- if somebody, somebody like got a hold of you, like to like, hey, let's get lunch for like a work thing, or maybe they got a hold of you on like a dating app, and like, hey, let's like, let's get, let's get lunch, and they sit down across from you on the table, and they just put down a Manila folder, open it, right. and it's just your tweets, and they slide it over to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Connolly so said the utilities flagging what they deem problematic tweets is not a rare occurrence. Her boss has gotten calls before from utilities raising concern about tweets that critique their policies, which is, <laughs> yeah, so it's just great that these companies have figured out that they can wield their sort of institutional power in this way to, um, you know, uh, silence critics. Um, note here from David Pomerantz, the executive director of the Energy and Policy Institute, um, says monopoly utilities have a long history of using their virtually unlimited pots of money collected from customers with no choice in the matter to buy off or silence any opposition to their plans to build fossil fuel plants. <laughs> so that's Just, this is great. We love it. Everything. We is love great. it. What a beautiful world. Yeah. Just uh, and just, in America. <laughs> I just love that it's you know the the institutionalizing of the idea of like it's illegal to be mean to me. <laughs> well, you know, corporations. The Supreme Court says corporations are people. That's so, true. Yeah, and people get so offended. What you, actually, people what you're get doing their is libel, and we will be suing you. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, speaking you know. Of libel, speaking of libel. <laughs> very good excuse me um bloomberg um bloomberg the michael bloomberg bloomberg mike bloomberg yeah that guy um Mm -hmm. his stupid operation has published an op-ed which i can't read of course because bloomberg is paywalled um but it's entitled quote lie flat if you want but be ready to pay the price upper middle class well-educated young americans are getting in on the protest movement that started in china but they may not understand what it will cost them um and they did a big tweet thread um that's like oh um you know uh uh never wants to miss a chance to cry quote hardship unquote upper middle class well-educated young americans are getting in on the chinese lie flat social protest movement claiming they too are burned out and quitting their jobs to do nothing um it started among chinese factory workers um you know but americans uh, may end up worse off than they think it's hard to know exactly how many americans are lying flat the labor market is behaving strangely unemployment is high but many jobs are unfilled quit rates are at the highest level in more than 20 years which could signal a less dynamic economy what's even stranger Um, are the many reports of burnout from people early in their career high power track jobs like banking and law are scrambling to keep their young workers from quitting and it's basically just like oh um a bunch of Americans are claiming that they're burnt out. Um, and, you know, hey, maybe it's because of remote work. It could be that work is much less pleasant when you don't get to socialize with colleagues. Um, or perhaps this past year made work feel inescapable. Some realized hard work is not for them. <laughs> I just did a command F on this mm-hmm. article yeah. for one word. And the mm-hmm. word is wages. Oh, uh, um, yeah. it appears once. Uh-huh. in the third paragraph and it just says uh right. americans of- have been changing jobs less often over the years which has contributed to wage stagnation wages often increase when people change jobs 
And then right. it doesn't talk about wages for uh, the entire yeah. rest of the article. In fact, later <laughs> on, it goes to say that, you know, this is actually foolish because uh, historically, most of the pay increases you'll experience in your career occur before age 45. So you don't want to quit before then because you might mess up your whole trajectory or whatever. But I like the idea that, like, pe- people are quitting because they're lazy and they don't want to do hard work. Yeah, nobody wants Those to work Those dang anymore. millennials, you know? It's funny because, like, that's... Uh... That's something that I've heard. Well, I'll tell you about I, I this. I wonder. Offline. Yeah, I, I wonder if the if the you know the author of this opinion piece realizes that like this is not like a widely shared um, opinion that they've wrote. Like the idea that we're all working too hard is is actually I would say pretty widely accepted at this point. We're all burnt out. So yeah. like I don't know who this is for. <laughs> it's for the bosses. Yeah. It, 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 that's who it's for it's for the bosses and the bootlickers that's all i mean that's that's just, who everything in bloomberg opinion is for <laughs> yeah but i'm just um i'm just reading this per- senior fellow at the manhattan institute which is good we love that um mm. just looking through their past opinion pieces we have biden's vaccine mandate is more bad news for the labor market um the welfare state reality americans aren't debating um to curb student debt are you ready to curb student debt, uh-huh. Aaron, what do you think to curb student debt, comma? What, what do you think is her suggestion? Maybe, like, make school free? Mm, no, it's let borrowers declare bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Generation Z should guarantee, fear a guaranteed income. Oh, interesting. Oh, here we go. Oh, this is fascinating. If we scroll back, this is from, um, this is from July of this year. Uh-huh. Um, July 7th, 2021, it's an article entitled, Americans Should Quit Their Jobs More Often. Huh. Oh! So which and is yet it, that's Bloom- also bad. Bloomberg? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Mike! Mike, uh, which is it? Mike, Mike, you're, you're, Mike, the people you've hired are morons. <laughs> I can't change history. Yeah, that's certainly true. You know I'm running against you, right? <laughs> We should have thought about that. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, it's true. He's the only Democrat. Mm-hmm. We are we are in there complete is a opposition. Lot broken. Yeah. Large profits. Yeah. We are we are on opposite sides of the class have war, to Michael. Put an end to this madness. Raising taxes on billionaires. Mossad <laughs> uh. has done something. You know what? La- lazy millennials. Extremely mm-hmm. dedicated Mossad. Uh, That's true. Yeah. So you know they they uh they did a assassination you know as the state of Israel's want to do. Mm-hmm. When uh you know earlier they uh they killed was that last year that they did this? It's it's hard to uh, time is very hard for me now. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Sometime in the local past, <laughs> Mossad assassinated Iran's top nuclear scientist. Um. Well, the cool thing about it is how they did it is they used an AI-assisted remote control killing machine that they smuggled Hmm. in all of its parts separately into Mm -hmm. Iran and then built it, and it used uh, facial recognition to to recognize its target. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a tweet here that kind of, like, sums it up. Uh... They you the, the well no where was it? it it's like a giant robot too basically the thing is they made Terminator yeah so. sounds sounds yeah I don't like the I don't like the words you said an AI assisted <laughs> one ton machine gun robot yes <laughs> to me That's this is Terminator. not good yeah mm-hmm. yeah I mean help us if they figure out time travel yeah. I don't know. I don't have much more to say about this other than like kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's uh it, it raises some concerns. We can build a terminator, but we can't feed homeless people. That's true. We yeah. can't house them. <laughs> but we can build a 1 ton machine gun assassination robot. Mhm. We do have the resources for that. We do yeah. not well, have the resources Aaron, for, it's uh, about priorities. Building. Okay, we have to we have to assassinate some guy who's a nuclear scientist extrajudicially. We do. Uh, I've you know what I've always been saying. The scientists have 
have uh, had it too good for too long. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think that's we, very true. <laughs> someone really needs to look in on the. You're you're right, and you else. should say it. <laughs> Speaking of people who should be assassinated, um, mm-hmm. a new thing. <laughs> this is from the the Los Angeles Times, oh, or uh, as I call it, El Tiempo Los Angeles. <laughs> Did mm-hmm. I get that right? I don't know. <laughs> I'm bad at Spanish. Yeah. Uh, Serenity Rocks owner Lenise Soren leads a sound nah. bath at her new Malibu Crystal Sanctuary, a place where customers can sit, stand, and lie around large crystals and buy them, such as this $125,000 amethyst coffee table or $333,000 peach-colored quartz the size of a laundry basket. So this is about how rich people are. I just don't understand. Like rich people are making their homes. Rich people are doing this one sick thing and it's disgusting and it's turning their homes into a Star Trek, the original series set Mm -hmm. (laughs) by seven feet tall and encrusted, encrusted with lavender spikes through its craggy interior. The one ton amethyst throne, (laughs) you know, just live in a cave if you want to be that close to some rocks. You know? Yeah. In fact, I think we should just let all the rich people go to and live is- in the caves. We'll seal them in there. Really nice. Um, what is you know? this crystal stuff? Because I see it on TikTok and it concerns me. What, what I, is it? The, I, here's, my, here's, my, here's my take on the crystals. I'm going to upset people. I know we have listeners who are like into crystals and that's fine. But I think what it is, is like without organized religion or like a deep Mm. theological society where like you can actually like talk about spirituality in a like nonpartisan or nonsectarian way. Like people are like grasping for like something to connect them to the metaphysical world or to give them some sort of like sense of control in this world. And like, they so you know it's passe now to go to religion so right. they just like created a new form of dumb witchcraft that has yeah. no backing of any tradition or it's just like well, well here's I, a I colorful rock this geode will probably bless me it's silly to believe in a god but it makes sense to believe in a geode i, I think right. this stuff is ridiculous i, I watched a tiktok <laughs> suggesting that you need to charge your crystals periodically by either yeah. putting them in sunlight moonlight or underground which um doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> i could see like oh put them out in the sun because they're like solar powered but like i don't putting them in the ground would not help that very much but um, that's for the ground crystals that are charged via right. the ground energies andrew yeah well also as a master of science i can tell you that that's not how any of this works <laughs> That's not how physics works. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how chemistry works. It's like, oh, it's, crystals, they channel the energy that's flowing through us. It's like, no, that's copper that you're thinking of. <laughs> that's copper wire. <laughs> and it's I'm just going to walk around with house. a hunk of copper and be like, it helps me channel my energies. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. These people, bless their hearts. It's It's hard to be mad at them because it seems like. I mean, respect to the lady who runs the crystal shop and gets to sell some rocks for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, that's an incredible grift. Yeah. you can get it. No, I'm not mad at her. I'm mad at the rich people who are are buying into Sitting in a stone chair and pretending that it's comfortable. (laughs) Yeah, and it doesn't look good either. You know what I mean? It's, um... Mm. This stuff should be in a museum for everyone to see. It shouldn't be in rich people's houses. The Tucson Gem Mineral and Fossil Showcase. Empty white rooms. That's true, yeah. All rich people should be required to live like Steve Jobs in that photo, where he's just got, like, a lamp and a pillow. Yeah. (laughs) We need to convince them that that that's the thing. That was me, like, before I properly moved in. Like, when I took the keys to the place, but I hadn't brought my furniture down. It was just sitting (laughs) on, like, a pillow. Oh, man, you really should have taken a photo with, like, a lamp. Yeah. Sitting on the floor. Yeah, I wasn't thinking that far ahead. Yeah. But yeah, you know, millennials, rich, entitled, lazy people who don't want to work. Rich mm. people, just normal stuff, buying giant crystals just, uh, and Yeah, geodes. being absolutely normal, buying hundreds of thousand dollars worth of shiny rocks. That's not, that's not, that's not like a prehistoric mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Speaking of building things. Yo, I'm on that prehistoric mindset. <laughs> I'm trying to get that uh that Austro- Australopithecus brain. <laughs> I get up every day at the at sunrise and go start chopping wood with an axe I made by hand. <laughs> Yeah, I spend most of my day uh, just I napping. I gotta collect jute. Uh, <laughs> gotta collect jute. <laughs> like, I just pictured a jute bush. And it mm-hmm. was just like a berry bush, but there was just a bunch of strands of jute on it. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> That's where it comes from, right? Uh, as far <clears throat> as I know, yeah. Um, You've got some news out of Berlin. Yeah. Yeah, um, so, uh, there's this, um, area of Berlin called Museum Island, which has museums on it, um, Uh and, and the newest museum, um, is a Prussian palace that has been rebuilt. It's called the Humboldt Forum, um, but it's actually a, uh, rebuilding of the former Berlin City Palace, which is where the Kaiser used to live in, like, 1918 or whatever, um, you know, and plan the war and all that. Um, yeah. But it, what's interesting is that um, this this city palace, um, the lot used to be occupied by something else, which was the former East German Parliament building, the Palace de Republique, which was also a leisure center, by the way. Like, it had, like, a bowling alley and stuff, which is kind of remarkable <sighs> to imagine. Like, imagine if the Capitol Visitor Center had, like, an arcade, basically. <laughs> so, Andrew, I think I've talked about this before on the internet, so people might have heard it, but, like, there's a um, Masonic temple in Guthrie, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and in Guthrie, Oklahoma, it was the original capital of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So they have a Capitol building there, like you know, one of these neoclassical, really nice marble facade, you know, with arches and all sorts of things, and it's huge, and it's in this podunk nothing town <laughs> in the middle of Oklahoma. And the reason it's not the capital of Oklahoma anymore is that there was some weird loophole of the law that if you stole the official seal of Oklahoma and Mm -hmm. moved it to a new place, that became the capital. So a bunch of people stole the seal and moved to moved it to Oklahoma city and made it a new capital. So there was this immaculate capital building that the Masons took over and turned into a Masonic temple, but it's like exactly like what you described because it's this like really ornate neoclassical building, but then there's like a basement that's entirely pool tables because it's mm-hmm. a Masonic hall. It's a bunch of like old dudes hanging out, and there's like a giant bar, and then the they have a bathroom that's like 400 urinals, <laughs> which is like the most insane thing I've seen. Like just marble mirror, like a whole wall of it's incredible. Anyhow, it had like yeah. all sorts of little like fun little playroom things in there. Mm-hmm. So the, yeah, so the Berlin city palace was basically like burnt out after world mm. war two. So East Germany demolished it. And then in the seventies, they built um, their parliament building on top of it, which is like this pretty beautiful looking modernist structure. I gotta say, mm. like it's a very nice looking building. Um, but then after, you know, the re- reunification of Germany, that building just sort of sat there. Um, and eventually it was gutted because there was, you know, asbestos in it as there is in basically every building that's old enough. Um, and then the plan was, um, basically, um, what if we rebuilt, um, the, the Royal palace at a cost of 680 million euros to house (laughs) a museum that like, this is a a brand new museum. It's not like a museum that like moved there from someone else. They're like, we're going to demolish this. Um, and start from scratch. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would, and I would argue, so in 2006, they demolished the Palace de Republique, which I would argue had historical significance and probably should have been preserved. Um, but instead, they rebuilt, you know, like Disney style, this old palace, except the interior is like all modern, right? Because it's supposed to be a museum. So it's basically so like weird. a facade of an old place with like a new museum interior. Um, but don't like the, it. The thing is, in in the gift shop of this museum, 
Um, <laughs> so you've got on the one end of the of the gift shop. Um, <laughs> and indeed, this is what it says. A museum gift shop has never been such an ideological battleground. At one end of the store in Berlin's new Humboldt form is a display of souvenirs adorned with the gilded silhouette of the city palace. Um, racks of silk scarves and Christmas baubles hang above rows of candles in regal colors. At the other end of the shop is a rival range of merchandise themed around the Palace de Republique. Um, sharp mar- marble walls, bronze mirrored windows. Um, so you can buy um, enamel bra- enamel mugs and key rings in retro Soviet style, as well as a model kit of the building in East German Lego. Um, and you can even buy um, the Palace de Republique was known for its chandeliers. Um, and you can buy a reproduction of one of those chandeliers at the gift shop for like a couple thousand euro, which is kind of like darkly hilarious to me. <laughs> so like, weird. That's basically, yeah, it's like, oh, you could, you can buy one of these chandelier things for, for 3,500 euro. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a bit bizarre. Um, why is it, is it because communism? Is that what it is? That's basically what it seems to be. Yeah. Um, a cross between a Disneyland castle and a chilling concrete block. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It sounds like this whole thing is just sort of weird. Um, and sort of. It's a, just a sort of massive juxtaposition. Um, so I don't know. Some people note that it's kind of weird because there's like all these statues of Prussian princesses and things like this in there. Um, like just completely out of context. Right. Well, um, we do love to decontextualize artifacts and history because it yeah. makes it very convenient for our current ideologies. The whole experience makes it easy to be nostalgic for the Palace de Republique. The Soviet building's ghost is present in flashbacks around the museum, including an original sign and some of the globe chandeliers. Um, Displays show that while the building may have been a symbol of a repressive regime, it was also a public palace of leisure with a cinema, bowling alley, and skating rink, as well as a disco with a rotating dance floor. Um, Whoa! (laughs) Yeah. That sounds Um, cool! The building could have been a prime candidate for careful restoration and reuse. Instead, its memory has been confined to key rings and replica chandeliers. Um, in a surreal provo- provocation, an activist group has started a campaign to demolish this new old palace and rebuild the Palace de Republique, <laughs> <laughs> which I like because lo- it's very German. <laughs> <laughs> they should just like keep demolishing and right, rebuilding. Like every 20 years, demolish and rebuild the, the other <laughs> things so that it's like there's some sort of semblance of balance. Yeah. That's the yin and the yang of it all, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just sad that they demolished what was arguably a, a building with more historical significance than the Berlin City Palace, which was, like, not that historically significant in terms of, like, the history of the, you know, the German Empire. Well, but importantly, so. it wasn't communist, though. So, right, exactly. You know, that's, that's I mean, it, it, was, it was fascist and imperialist and colonial, but those things are all fine. I have no idea what I'm doing I was not prepared for this I'm trying and I'm learning Thank you for your patience There's so many mistakes I have already made But I'm working to be better day by day And I think I'm gonna make it But for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing